This is Jalen, and you're listening to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast, where you'll get weekly episodes featuring your favorite sermons straight from our in-person Sunday morning services. Check it out. So today, we're going to be talking about family. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, as we just wrapped up a vacation Bible school, uh, many of you served and invested in our up-and-coming uh, generation that's coming behind us, the future church. And uh, as your pastor, can I just say I'm so proud of you. Uh, thank you for serving at whatever capacity you can serve at. We're so thankful uh, for you doing that. I know for some people, kids ministry maybe isn't your bread and butter. You know, maybe isn't the thing you get up and get excited. I'm going to go hang out with some kiddos uh, today, but you set aside your comfort to step into something that is so key and important. And so I want to encourage us as a church, can we please keep stepping there? Uh, because this next generation needs you. Whether you feel called to kids ministry, youth ministry, young adults ministry, no matter if you have that calling or not, we all have a part to play in this next generation. And so I want you to know that we need you and they need you and the future church needs you to continue to invest there. And so don't be afraid to step into that place of uncomfort because here's the fact, a lot of times we like to be comfortable but I think sometimes stepping out in those places that are uncomfortable allows the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and give you the gifts that you need as you make investments and connect with kids at their level. And, and so I want to encourage you to do that. And, uh, and so today we are going to be talking about families kind of on the heels of Vacation Bible School. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I love the most about VBS Weeks is getting to serve alongside of you is getting to see you guys minister and care for kids and share the gospel and make them laugh. And uh, there's nothing more that I like than hanging out with you all week long. Uh, it's seriously one of my favorite weeks of the year. And so uh, we really enjoy that and look forward to what that looks like in the future. Um, so we're going to keep talking about families this morning. And here's the title of today's message and uh, where we're going to be going with this. And the title is Put Up a Fight is put up a fight for your family. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence, and we invite you to come and speak to us. Lord, we need you. Lord, we take a moment just to pause, and we say, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us through your word today. Give us ears to hear you, O God. Give us eyes to be able to see you, Lord. Give us minds to be able to understand and comprehend what it is that you're up to in our lives today and hearts stirred and full of compassion for each other, for the lost, and for the world that's around us. God, we need you. And so we say, come and speak to us today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. All right, so if you're in Nehemiah chapter 4, we're going to be in a passage that you may have heard before that's going to be familiar as we are talking about families and the importance of putting up a fight. And so if you're in Nehemiah 4, turn to verse 13 and 14, and then we're going to read verse 20 together. Nehemiah 4, 13 and 14, and then 20. It says, so I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. This is Nehemiah speaking about his strategy of going to, to war and rebuilding the walls. He said, I stationed the people to, go, uh, to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. 
Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Later on in verse 20, he says, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. If you fight, then God will fight for you. And Adam just said that a moment ago as he was transitioning us from worship to the word today. And I do believe there is something key inside of this. You know, we need to understand that uh, the values that we cherish, uh, that the principles that we hold dear to, the, they are worth putting up a fight for. Our families, our marriages, our homes, and our biblical values are worth standing on and fighting for. You see, Nehemiah understood that he had an enemy. And if he was going to succeed, he needed to be ready to battle. But I want you to pay attention to something that he says to his enemy in Nehemiah 2, verse 20. He says, I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. He's talking to his enemy here. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. You see, some of us don't speak to our enemy that way. Some of us are back on our heels, and as the enemy presses in, we move backwards and we let him take ground. But you see, Nehemiah said, "Uh uh-uh, you don't own this ground. This city is not yours. This home you are not allowed to operate in because this is territory of God. This is the territory that God has entrusted to me. And so you have no place here. This was Nehemiah's posture. And he understood that if he was going to be able to rebuild the wall and pursue what God had in store for them, that this is the place where they had to stand. And he said to their enemy, no portion of ours is yours. This city does not belong to you. Our homes are not yours. And the God of heaven is on our side. And so we are committed to following him and him alone. No matter what it is that you can say to us, we are standing and believing that God's got our back. You see, as households, we've got to be settled on two key things. Number one is you've got to be committed to God. He has got to be the reason that you breathe. You have got to be committed that everything I do is in service to a greater God who is faithful in my life. And the second thing that we've got to be uh, settled on is that we are committed to our marriages and to our families. We've got to be committed to our marriages and our families. You know, if there's any gaps in our commitment to God, the enemy is going to see the whole and he's going to press in in that area of our wall. You know, if there is any lack in commitment of leading our families the way that we know God has called us to, then the enemy's going to swoop in and devour and take as much ground as we allow him to take. And so Nehemiah charges the people. In verse 14 of Nehemiah 4, he says, Don't be afraid of your enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, 
your daughters, your wives, and your homes. God says, if you will put up a fight, I'll fight for you. Here's the deal, church. We don't have to be afraid of raising kids inside of this day of age and this culture. We don't have to be afraid. (laughs) Yes, it's difficult. Yes, things are going the wrong way. (laughs) Yes, there's a lot of mess out there. Yes, the enemy is after this next generation. Yes, identities are being confused. Uh, Yes, a lot of suicide rates are up. And yes, to whatever it is that you've recognized inside of this culture and and in this nation that we seem to be going backwards, there is a lot of things out there that don't look good. But God, when things get the darkest, when persecution starts to come against the church, is when the church succeeds the most is when the light has the most opportunity to shine because nothing is impossible for our God. And we have a promise that no weapon formed against us, no weapon formed against your home will prosper. When's the last time you declared that over your home? You see, Nehemiah rebuilt the walls and they stood for multiple generations. It lasted for a very long time. The work that they put in went from generation to generation to generation. You know, there was a man that took a stand and he put up a fight and rebuilt something that was once broken. What's broken around you? What seems hopeless around you? Let me tell you that our families are worth fighting for. It's not easy to hold your family up. And it's not easy to raise your kids inside of this culture. It seems like everything is coming against us as as families. And it's coming against our homes and, and the things that we are trying to build as the church. It seems like everything is coming against us. But when we decide that our families are worth putting up a fight for, God says, I got you. I will now fight for you if you will put up a fight. And so here's four points that I have for us this morning in putting up a fight. And the first one is this, do not give up. Man, I felt like this was a prophetic word that the Lord gave to me this week for some of you. Do not give up. And I felt burdened in my heart because I felt like there were many of you that we're on the brink of giving up something. Whether it was hope for the situation that you're in, whether it was your marriage, whether it was any hope for one of the kids that you're trying to raise and they're just not getting it. Maybe even there's somebody in here that's been struggling with thoughts of ending your life and wanting to give up. Can I just encourage you this morning? The Lord is telling you today, don't give up. Don't you dare throw in the towel. I want you to think about this. If our enemy can break down our homes, there's kind of a fallout effect that happens from there. You see, he attacks the home because he knows if he can bring down the home, then he can take down the church. And he knows if he can take down the church, that a community will start to crumble. He knows that if a community will start to to, to struggle, then he knows that eventually it's going to affect a nation that it's going to affect a world. And so our enemy is coming after our homes. 
He's coming after your families. He's coming after your marriage and your kids. And so if that's the enemy's strategy to come against our homes, how many of you know that we need to be intentionally fighting battles in our homes? We need to be standing up for our homes and the next generation and our kids because that needs to be a high priority in our lives. And so I want to encourage you right now, wherever you're at, begin to thank God for what he's given to you. Begin to be grateful for the gift of family. Grateful for the gift of a spouse. Of the, be thankful and grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is guiding you through this dark season. Don't give up. Many of the happiest moments in our lives are experienced in family, in homes. And the enemy wants to make you and your family miserable. That's what he's up to. He wants to distract, deceive, destroy, divide, still, kill, and ultimately destroy. Some of you need to write that down because that's his strategy in your life right now. It's to divide, distract, deceive, destroy, steal, kill, and ultimately destroy. That's what he's up to. He's up to no good. He wants to make your marriage miserable. He wants to make the atmosphere in your home miserable. He wants your kids to get to this place of feeling miserable. And so I want to encourage us as a church to not be ignorant of his schemes and his plans and his ways, but to fight with love at the forefront in our homes and in our families. Man, the Bible tells us as husbands to love our wives just as Christ loves the church. He tells us as husbands to serve her, to give our lives up for her, and to listen to her. Men, listen. The husband is meant to be the one that holds the household together. And so I want to encourage you, men, to lead with confidence and humility and in grace and in love. Husbands, put up a fight for your family and lay your lives down for them. Stop being selfish. Scriptures teaches us that we need to be submitted one to another. And so what does that look like inside of a marriage covenant? You know, I think this is how we're called to, to lead, not to cower back as men and, and to be passive, but to lead with passion and enthusiasm, be, being submitted one to another. And so men, get a word from the Lord as to what you should be doing in your household, in your family. Get a word for what your kids need, for what your marriage needs. And then begin to share that with your wife. And as you share that with her, let's say, let's begin to pursue God and ask him what he's doing here. And as you pursue him together, get some strategy. Get some hows and wins as you begin to talk together and pray together and then begin to move forward to all that God has for you. That's what it looks like to lead alongside of each other. 
Wives, can I talk to you for just a moment? I'll keep it shorter. All right. Wives, scriptures teach you to love your husbands and to honor him. To honor him, I really want to key in on that because I think there's something here. Build up your husband in front of your kids, in front of your family, in front of your friends. Stop tearing him down behind his back. Stop giving your kids an image of him that isn't of honor and as if this place of leading your family, but honor him. Help him be the leader that God has called him to be. Begin to call things out of him that you don't see yet. I'm thankful that my wife has done that for me in many seasons where I didn't deserve it. But she began to call things out of me and all of a sudden I wanted to rise up to be the man that she was speaking of. Build him up. Submit to his leadership. Build up your house and do not tear it down. Wives, put up a fight for your family. And lay down your lives for them. For any kids that we have in here, there's a few. Submit to your parents' leadership. They are called to lead. Honor them. Listen to them and obey them. And I know this probably doesn't apply for the group that's in here today, but if your parents are telling you to do things that go against Scripture, sometimes we're called to obey Scripture over a wrong place of authority. I don't believe that's probably any of your parents or leaders that are here today, but I think it's important to say. But I want to encourage you that Scripture says that if you will honor your parents, that it will go well with you. That means that the favor of God will bless you if you'll honor what they're asking you to do. Can I encourage you as kids to embrace discipline and correction? Because here's the deal. If you can figure that out now, it will go well with you as an adult. Some of us don't deal with correction and discipline very well. And that's because we didn't learn to do it well as a kid. And so I want to encourage you to, to figure that out now and it will serve you in your adulthood. Kids, you are also called to fight for your family. You are called to give up your life for them. And so I want to encourage you this morning, church, do not give up, put up a fight, and do not let the enemy take ground. Point number two. Stand firm. Stand firm. Here's what I mean by that. Stand in the presence of God and make Him the priority of your life. You know, the story of Noah in the Bible teaches us some powerful things that we don't have time to fully go into this morning. But here's something I think that really stood out to me as I read this story and thought about families. You know, when Noah built his ark, we know that he did it in order to save his family. He built something that took him years and sacrifice and investing in, but he did it in order to save his family because God gave him a vision and a call for where they were to go. In 2 Peter 2.5, it says, And God did not spare the ancient world, except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment, so God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. You see, and Noah made sure that his family was in the boat. What does that mean? What does that teach us? Don't leave it up to anybody else to make sure that your kids know the love of God. 
I'll be honest with you a minute. Don't leave it up to your pastor to invest into your kids. Don't leave it up to our children's ministry to invest spiritually in your kids. Don't leave it up to our youth directors. Don't leave it up especially to any school system. <laughs> any teacher, any anything or place or one, they are not the ones responsible for investing spiritually in your kids. That rests on you, mom and dad. That's your role. This is something I wish I would have learned early on in, in raising kids. You know, we have two sets of kids, and I did have a perspective for a little while with my oldest two that the church was responsible for their spiritual well-being, and I was responsible for everything else. But I missed it. But I've learned from that, and I want to charge you. You're called to lead your family spiritually. And so jointly as husband and wife, don't leave it up to the wife, men. Don't leave it up for them to teach your kids about God. Uh, women, don't just leave it up to your husbands, but jointly together spiritually invest in your kids' lives. And for goodness sake, do all that you can to make sure that they're on the boat. What does that mean? Be on the boat. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. Make sure you are creating an atmosphere in your home where they can experience God. Make sure that you're making church a priority. Make sure that they are engaging in godly community outside of Sunday mornings. I believe these are some of the greatest places of influence in your kids' lives. And so there's nothing more important than setting the right example for them right now. There's no ball game, recital, competition, or event that should overshadow the stance of standing firm on these three priorities. The priorities of encountering God in your home, of making church a priority and engaging in godly community. Because I want to encourage you this morning to beware of dangerous distractions that pull you away from any three of those. Be very weary of those. Stand firm on these priorities. Everything that you do and say sets an example in your kid's life. And so what message are you giving them indirectly? by what you've chosen to do with your time. Put up a fight by opening God's word together, by praying together, not just at dinner, but other times throughout the day. Make it a central part of what you do as a family. Here's, I caught this a long time ago. I don't remember where this came from, but they say that up until 15 years old, your kids do what you tell them to do, but from 15 on, they do what you showed them they should be doing. They, fall, they watch your actions and then they begin to replicate them. And so what example are you setting for them right now? You know, we like to say, don't do what I do, do what I say, but that will work for a little while. But one day they're going to be following in your footsteps. So stand firm and who God has called you to be. And I know that I've failed in this category so many different times that I haven't been uh, the man of action like I would like to see my kids follow me in. And I know this can be a struggle for us. And uh, my last thing I want you to feel this morning is condemnation. But here's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting to call you up to a different level. 
in your families, to set that example, to allow the Holy Spirit to show you what are those areas of distractions that we've allowed to seep in that is sending the wrong message to our kids. And I think we need to be solidified in this uh, passage of Scripture that many of you are familiar with out of Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, but as for me and my family or my house, we will serve the Lord. Make that your vision statement in everything that you pursue. Stand firm on that. Thirdly, put up a fight. And as you do, know that the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. This is the part of grace that I'm so thankful for. In my weakness, he is made strong. In the places in my life where I know I've failed my kids, where I know I haven't been the man that I should be, if I am fighting for them, if I'm positioning my family how I should, God's going to come in and he's going to have my back. He's going to fight for me and with me. In my imperfections, he swoops in at just the right time. You know, I know I touched on this a little bit in the intro of my message, but if you will put up a fight, especially through the lens of love, then God will come alongside of you and he'll fight for you. There's a story about a man named Job in the Old Testament. In Job 1 verse 5, we can learn something from him that I think is so important for us, especially as parents. It says, when these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So I want you to envision this for just a moment. Job had a wife and he had 10 kids. And it says that he made um, a regular practice. Maybe this would be considered an everyday thing. Anything that's routine is usually done daily, right? And so if it's regular practice and something that he does often, most likely he did this every day. He would build an altar for each one in his family. Blood was poured out and through regular practice, he made sure that they were covered. Job was saying no to strongholds that were trying to get a hold of his kids' lives. He was saying no to wrong relationships that would come their way. He was saying no to drugs and alcoholism that would try to get a hold of their lives. He was binding any spiritual attack that would come against them, and he was pleading the blood of Jesus over them. And he did this continually for each one in his household. Church, we're in a spiritual war. That means that we have to fight spiritual battles and in spiritual ways. Now maybe your kids or your grandkids will drink from the rivers of rebellion. Maybe, just maybe, they will go down wrong paths. Maybe they will have to learn some hard lessons and maybe things will get crazy. But if you continually cover them in the blood of Jesus, if you clothe them with prayer and intercession, if you stand on what's biblical, stand firm on that and be positioned in that way, if you will put up a fight to maintain relationship with them, and if you will stand firm, then there's no deep enough hole 
that Jesus can't pull them out of. Well, that, you didn't catch that. It doesn't matter how far away they go, but if you will remain positioned on those things, there is no hole that they can crawl into that's deep enough to keep them from the love and gracious gift of salvation from God. That's something to be excited about. And so war, press in, fight, because the Lord says that he will fight for you. Scripture teaches us that if we will raise them in this way and if we'll cover them in these ways, then they will return back to those things. And so I want to encourage you to cover your family. Put up a fight for your family. And when you do, God says, I will fight for you. And lastly, point number four, I want to encourage you to keep on moving forward. Keep on looking ahead. Declare things that you can't yet see. Believe for better. Believe for greater. You know, last week we talked about the importance of remembering because we were in a, in a time of commun taking communion together. We never want to forget what God has done for us and we want to continue to be grateful. But listen, we cannot stay stuck in the past. We have to keep looking ahead and moving towards the new. You know, when you look inside of stories in the Bible, those that remained in the past and kept looking behind them were left behind and missed out on what God had in store for them. But those that kept moving forward and sought after the new things that God wanted to do, they inherited blessing and favor. So what are some old things that your family is stuck in? And what are the new things that you need to start embracing? Stop looking back and start looking ahead and asking God for a vision for this next season of your lives. Put up a fight for those new things that God's wanting to do. If God's telling you to have devotionals together, don't just do it for two or three days and get burnt out on it. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what you know he's put in your heart to do. Don't just do things because that's what you've always done. Don't get stuck in what was or is, but be faithful in what's ahead. Now I want to put out, point out two families in Scripture to you for just a moment. And the first family is Ahab and Jezebel. Some of you maybe are familiar with their story. They were godless in their ways. They did not love the Lord. <laughs> They did not honor him in their home. And scripture tells us they had 70 children, grandchildren, and potentially great-grandchildren that are pointed out in their story. And when judgment day came for them based on how they chose to live their lives, uh, here's what 2 Kings 10.7 says happens to them. When the letter arrived, the leaders killed all 70 of the king's sons. They placed their heads in baskets and presented them to Jehu at Jezreel. You see, an army invaded, and they cut off the heads of all of their children. Essentially, they were blotted out, and their bloodline stopped that day. But you see, there's a second family that I want to introduce you to. 
that I want to point out to you that also had 70 grandchildren, I believe seven kids in their family. And I believe this is the only other time I've seen this in Scripture where there's another family that's mentioned that has 70 descendants. And I believe um, that it says, uh, I'm sorry, and his name was Obed-Edom. Are you familiar with this name? Uh, maybe you don't know who he is. His wife's name is not mentioned in Scripture, but he is the man that moved the Ark of the Covenant into his home. Maybe you have no idea what the Ark of the Covenant is. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was the, the, the Ark held the manifest presence of God. And so we had one family that was godless, that did not honor the Lord, and it ended in disaster for them. But here we have another family that invited the manifest presence into their home. And you want to know what happens in their story? There's a, there's a couple of you out there that want to know. <laughs> when they invited the manifest presence into their home, Scripture teaches us that all 70 of them ministered in the temple. Come on, y'all. From bloodline to bloodline, from generation to generation, the blessing of God followed them because they invited the manifest presence into their homes and into their lives. And so I want to encourage you today, put up a fight for that. Remain positioned that you are going to keep moving forward to all it is that God has in store for you. Choose today that whatever lies ahead, that you will remain faithful and that you will fight. And so in closing this morning, I want to encourage you to put up a fight and don't you dare forget the impact that you are leaving on this generation in the coming generations. I want to end with this story, and it's of a famous attorney um, from the Northeast, uh, and he had an alcohol problem. He was very successful, but every day on his way to the office, he would stop by the bar, and he would get a drink, and that would kind of turn into a spiral throughout the rest of his day. And so one day as he was walking into work, there was some snow I know you're thinking, please don't talk about snow yet. We're enjoying the sun <laughs> and the warmth of Michigan right now, all right? I know. Uh, but there was a gentle snow that was falling that day. As he walked, he was leaving footprints on his way in. And all of a sudden, he heard a familiar noise behind him. And as he turned, it was his six-year-old son. And there was his six-year-old son looking at the footsteps of his father, and he was taking giant steps to make sure that he was in his father's footsteps. And you know where the father was? He was at the entrance to that bar. He turned quickly around and he picked up his son and, and took him home. And then he fell on his face before the Lord and he said, Oh God, would you help me? Never allow my footsteps to carry my kids to a place that they should never be but help me lead them in the right path so that they will follow a God that loves them, that they will serve him, that they will be a part of all it is that God has in store for them. And so I wanna ask you the question this morning, where are your footprints leading? You know, the only thing that's important in this life is that you are pointing the next generation that's coming up behind you, those that you are investing in and that are following you, that you are pointing them in the way of the Lord, that you are leading by example. And so where's your footprints going today? 
I want you to stand to your feet with me. And as you're standing to your feet, I want you just to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just hear this morning that you are called to fight. Please don't give up. Please remain firmly planted where God has called you to be. Have the right priorities. Omit the distractions. When you fight, know without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to fight with you and for you. And I want to encourage us as the church to keep moving forward. So right there you're at, say, Lord, where are my footprints leading? What are areas in my life where I am leading those that are behind me in the wrong direction? And allow him to correct your path. Receive correction today. But don't receive it from this standpoint of getting down on yourself. But receive it, repent, and turn away from it because God has something beautiful for you on the other side. Receive his grace. Receive the word that he's wanting to give to you today. Right there where you're standing, say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? Thanks for tuning in. If what you heard today was inspirational or transformative, tell us about it. We love your feedback. For more information on how you can get connected, check us out at firmfoundation.church.